Christ is risen. Whoa, whoa. Let's pretend that our team just won. I'll try it again. Christ is risen. Thank you. Wow. Thought we were going to have to get out of church for that one for a minute. This morning, I Norman wasn't even close to getting on to my message. I, I how do you say it? I, do, I regret it, but yet I don't because I believe every message is about Jesus Christ and the resurrection. But after I preached the last time, my mind started spinning, and I was kind of in my mind planning this sermon. And uh, all of a sudden I realized that it's Easter morning. And I thought, what do I do? Do I just throw it all away and start over? And no, I believe God has showed me something. And and for that reason, I'm going to continue to share this morning the sermon that I've been thinking about over the past several weeks. Uh, The title of my message this morning is, Which Thief Are You? And I'd like to look at the thieves that were crucified with Jesus. And you may say, what can we learn from them? I am blown away. I truly am. Turn with me to Luke chapter 23. I'm just going to jump right into the section about the thieves and all the gospels speak about them. This this particular gospel calls them male factors. Uh, Some of them call them thief. Uh, robbers, well, not robbers, but thieves, but they were criminals. Um, people that we would say they were where they belonged. Uh, you may change your mind. Luke chapter 23, starting at verse 32. And there were also two other male factors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, they were crucified, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself. If he be Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar, and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answered, rebuking him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing that thou art in the same condition? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. The first thing you may be thinking, I've asked you to identify with one of these two and I'm going to put one on the right and one on the left and that will come out here in a bit but you say I I'm not a criminal I'm not a thief well I'm going to try to for a couple minutes just convince you maybe you are hopefully you're not too bad of ones but the go- the, uh, the the gospel says they've stole something if they were thieves 
I'd like to say if you've lying, if you've ever lied, if I can say it properly, you have stolen the truth and replaced it with a lie. If you've ever lusted, you've stole something that wasn't yours to take. If you've ever gossiped, you've stolen somebody's words that were not meant to be taken. If something has more of your affection than God, you have stolen his worship that belongs to God. Maybe you've stolen time from your employer. Maybe you've stolen money from your employees. Or maybe you just flat out are a thief. I was once. And I might have shared this story before, but I, I'm going to share it because it, it's, it, it's fitting. Um, I remember when I was, oh, probably 35 years ago at least, I was in school. And there was a guy that, uh, oh, but when you moved to the junior high from the elementary, a few rules changed. You could chew gum. That was big. Couple glasses, couple of the classes you could actually chew gum. But you know, if you go to school 180 days, uh, eventually you've raided your cupboards at home, and mom can't replace it as fast as I take it. So you run out of gum. So I had a problem. I really wanted to chew gum, but didn't have any gum. Just so happened that my dad used to go to town several days a week. And when he'd come back from going to town, he always would take off his town clothes and he'd hang them in the closet in a certain spot that I knew of. And uh, always had some loose change in the pockets. So, every so often before school, I'd go in and just borrow, take some money. And I'd go to school and there was a guy that would vend gum. I mean, he was probably made a killing. Probably a businessman, millionaire today, probably. He was vending gum in seventh grade and making a killing. And you know, that was a long time ago. And I put that out of my mind, and I forgot about it. Kind of. And I remember one day, it had been at least 20 years later, I was married, I had children. Chase and Nolan were born already. I remember one day... The Holy Spirit hit me. You stole years ago. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. And it just so happened about that same time that I was heavy convicted, my dad walked into the barn. I was out milking at the time, and he walks in the barn. And I remember having a wrestling match with the Holy Spirit for just a minute. It's so long ago, and I know he didn't care. But eventually I confessed it to him that, that day. And I said, Dad, this is what I did, and I stole from you, and I'm sorry. Can you forgive me? And his first comment was just what I figured. He said, oh, that's okay, as long as he didn't steal from somebody else. But I was able to confess that sin of stealing. It didn't matter. It was still stealing. And it's interesting how the Holy Spirit works my dad died real shortly thereafter. When God or the Holy Spirit reveals something to you, take care of it. Because you may not have that opportunity. If you have breath today, you have the opportunity to confess. This will tie in later. 
If you don't confess and make it right, you are still a thief and you, you just didn't get caught. We think sometimes when it happened a long time ago and I never got caught and never confessed it, that I'm no longer a thief. I remember another story that left a pretty big impact on my life, and this is not any biblical story of any kind, but I was probably in third or fourth grade. I don't know why our school decided to show a film. When I'm talking about a film, I mean, when we used to watch stuff, it come off a reel on the front, went through the machine, and rolled back up on the back. But anyways, there was a man that was condemned to die. And just before he was going to get put in the electric chair, he decided he wanted to tell the world his story. And they relived his whole life. He was a pretty good kid. He started out, if I remember right, his mother sent him to the grocery store to buy a few things. And he was real disappointed there wasn't enough money to buy any candy. So he stole some. And he started a, a lifelong career of stealing. And I remember his words after that first incident. He went home. He felt so guilty. And he said in the, in his, during the, or when he, in the movie, when he looked back at that, if I'd only got caught that day. But he went on to, I remember one of the things, he, he wanted a toy train when he got a little bit older, and he ended up stealing that. And then his, as he grew, his things he stole just got bigger and bigger. And eventually he got caught. And I think he served some time for it. And when he got out, he decided he's not going to get caught again. I believe he stole a car in his next move, but he took a gun with him. And he ended up killing somebody in his effort to steal this car. And it showed his life up to the end, sitting in the electric chair and the warden flipping the switch. Like I said, it was probably 35 years ago, but I remember it very well. Sometimes the little things that we do do make a difference. And I believe that's the story of the thieves today. All of us, every single one of us here, has a criminal background. But what are you doing about it? What have you done about it? I'm going to refer to the right and left thief. And if you're confused, the one on the right is the right one, and the one on the left was the wrong one. And I, and I believe... I believe that's how God referred to him, or Jesus in the, the writing of this book. I believe that's probably the way it was. The thief on the left, I'm going to say, said, If you are Christ, save yourself and me too. And maybe added, and I'll serve you the rest of my life. How many of you, how many times have you tried to bargain with God? God, if you do this or this for me, I will do this for you in return. I believe that thief was no different than any of us today. If you get me out of this pinch, I'll be yours. How many of you 
don't find it necessary to pray unless you're in a hard spot in your life. When everything's going good, it's a beautiful morning this morning. Life is great, the sun's shining. Do I really need God? It's not till we get in a position like that thief was that we remember, oh, I do need God. When the world's crumbling down around us, we pray. One of our children are going astray, we pray. We call out to God, and God, if you will just hear me, then I'll do this and that. That first thief didn't have a whole lot different attitude than some of us do today. Have you ever had a friend that calls only when he needs something? Phone's ringing. Ah, it's him. He'll want something. You watch. Yep, he needs help. How many of you like that feeling? What do you think God thinks when we treat him like that? God wants to be included in every part of our life. He wants to be there on the sunny, bright days. He wants to be worshipped for who he really is. Not just there to pick up the pieces when we're in trouble. I'm as guilty of that as anybody. Back to the other thief on the right hand, the right thief. This is what amazed me. Verse 41 The chief declared, this man has done nothing amiss. You know, they say Jesus was almost unrecognizable. How did he know who he was? And how did he know that Jesus was without sin? Or guilt. How did he know that? I'm going to make an assumption this morning, and I could be wrong. Only by knowing Jesus earlier could somebody know who he is. Verse 42 says, And he said unto Jesus, Lord. He called Jesus Lord. If you were in the same predicament as somebody else, you're both being punished for your crimes, if you can call it that. And he is probably beat up twice as bad or ten times or a hundred times as bad as you are. What would make you call him Lord when you knew that he was going to be dead just as well as you are in a few moments? This is what gets me. He was either smarter than the chief priests and scribes, or he had to have known Jesus before. They nailed him to the cross. And then he went on to say the next words that are so famous. Remember me when you come to your kingdom. He's dying, just like you are. How did he know Jesus was going to come to his kingdom? Jesus was dying right beside him, same as he was. He still believed that he was going to live again. I, I don't get that. 
He had a greater understanding of Jesus than even his own apostles. They were sad and, and Jesus is being crucified. It's over. It's finished. How did this one thief understand Jesus' teaching and the nature of the kingdom of God? I'm going to make another assumption. Possibly in his repenting of his sins and trying to make things right, he confessed with his own mouth the things he may have stole. And he was convicted of his crimes by his own mouth and sentenced to death. It doesn't say that. But I'm reading really finely between some lines. Could have this happened. And that while he was on the cross, if you could say so, his sins were confessed and forgiven. Today in our Sunday school, Jesus said to the Man with palsy, thy sins be forgiven you. He didn't say that to this man. He just simply said, today you will be with me in paradise. Does that make a different light of the thief on the cross? Which one are you? So in conclusion this morning, are you the one today asking God for the favor, saying, God, if you do this for me, I'll be your child. I'll serve you forever. Or are you the, the thief on the right, and you realize who God is and what he said, and no matter where it takes you, when you confess your sins, he will forgive you, and he knows the plans he has for you. It seemed like the thief on the cross understood Romans 10. I'd like to turn to that and read a few verses. Romans 10, it's very, you know it by heart. But I'm nervous enough, I'm not going to try. Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 9 to 13. And this applies to you today. For this is the word of promise. Whoops. Wrong. Chapter 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed, for there is no difference in the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That invitation still stands today. As long as you have breath, this invitation expires when you do like to read in closing a verse in Revelation, chapter 1, verse 18. I am he that liveth and was dead, 
And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and death. You know, we look at Jesus dying and resurrecting. Well, that was good. That was important. It is. But if he never had the keys to death, where would you and I be today? That he could make that statement to the thief. Today you will be with me in paradise. And he's willing to tell each and every one of you that today if you only invite him in. Let's try it one more time. Christ is risen. Amen.